0: One. all right welcome another weekly bourbon brothers podcast robert chineski the supplement engineer lsu tiger fan back in the saddle this week after their thumping of McNeese state <laughs> supplement snoop justin <laughs> hall back in the saddle after miami's triumphant two-point victory over the mighty appalachian state university <laughs> <laughs> we're feeling good this week we're fresh off wins whatever a win's a win What's going on, brother?
1: I'll take it any way we can get it, man. Right? You know, I mean that's what that's what happens. We were out at a uh, Dreamland in Dripping Springs. Like I know you, we've talked about it before. You said it sounds like a strip joint or something, yeah, uh, actually, in, yeah.
0: right? Dreamland and yeah. Dripping Springs, like okay, <laughs> that is a strip club for sure. That should be in Vegas.
1: 100%. I would agree. Uh, so, what are the little halflings from our daughter's daycare? They're they just moved into town from wherever. And they said, hey, we haven't gotten to meet anybody, really. Just, you know, they sent us, like, they gave us their phone number in Sophia's Covey. And so I picked it up and I told them, hey, I don't know if y'all are interested in getting together, but Sandy and I are planning to go out to Dreamland in Dripping Springs this weekend mm-hmm. if you want to meet us. Sure. So the husband's actually from Italy. The wife's from Argentina. So we sat on the sat up on the deck and talked to them while the, the girls, uh, they have two. They they went and ran and played with chalk and ran on the splash pad. And so we're sitting mm-hmm. out there watching the college football games that they have on the Jumbotron. And they were showing the Arkansas versus UT game.
0: Um, Arkansas beat their ass, didn't they?
1: I was very happy to see that. I mean, I, you know, it's, if LSU's not playing nine times out of ten, I'm still going to pull for the SEC school, even more so if it's against somebody. But except with a and I was hoping A&M was going to lose their week one matchup. Or even this week. They almost lost this past Colorado? week, too. right? We Colorado. I was pulling for Colorado big time just because A&M fans, especially like living around here and a bunch of the teachers at Sandy School are all A&M grads, and it's just – They've got that Notre Dame arrogance and that Ohio State arrogance that I can't stand, which another good reason. I'm glad Oregon State beat the pants off Ohio State.
0: Yeah, Oregon. Um, it's <laughs> But there's a lot of things to talk about just in that little bit. Because uh, one thing, the Oregon game was a very hard game to watch. It's like a great game to watch for Miami fans, but also yeah. a very, very hard game to watch for Miami fans. Because uh, as you know, I've said from – day one I do not like our head coach he has no business being a head coach he was a fine defensive coordinator he had like one fluke year with us he parlayed that in some sort we didn't even interview anybody else the whole thing was a total shit show but Mario Cristobal who's the coach of Oregon is he from Miami he went to Miami uh his uh his home is Miami the whole nine yards like he they didn't even interview him, uh, you know, the last time. And, you know, there was a little while there where he was at, like, was it Florida Atlantic or Florida – I think he was at Florida Atlantic. But anyway – Yeah, it so was so either always, FAU or FIU, one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. I can't even remember which one it was. I think it was FAU. But he um, – he's always been on our radar. And it's like – so you're watching him. Mean, now, Miami fans hate Ohio State because of the national championship game, obviously, right? So, right. But then you're watching – Ryan Cristobal with Oregon which he shouldn't be there in the first place and he's beating Ohio State you know on the road and it's just like such a bittersweet thing because Miami fans are like we couldn't even interview this guy like literally Manny Diaz took the temple job and we didn't even interview anyone else we paid them four million dollars to bring Manny Diaz here didn't interview anyone else the guy's never been a head coach before Never had any real success he, he had a couple good defenses he, one year with us he, our defense was pretty awesome but yeah. it was loaded i think like miami fans like Manny diaz but as a head coach the whole thing was just a total disaster and uh yeah. so yeah watching uh, the oregon game was a little tough i mean i was happy like people root for him because he's always uh, a big miami guy but yeah um and texas a&m your other point about there see like back in the day Miami would play Texas A&M every once in a while before Texas A&M went to the SEC and Miami fans would always say the best road fans to go see were Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. They said like everyone was always like super friendly and like they're like hey you guys are probably going to beat us up, you know, like and they said everybody was always like the nicest people on the planet. Then they joined the SEC and apparently uh, things have changed dramatically with they uh, yeah, how Texas AM fans are. It's funny how that works.
1: And but and yet they have won nothing.
0: They have won, won won nothing. Won,
1: they have won nothing. Just because it's like Vanderbilt walking around with a sense of arrogance. Vanderbilt hadn't won shit in, in SEC or Missouri either. Um like the, the the core is cool, like the whole like military school, mm-hmm. you know, embodiment that they have. That's that's great. There's just there is something about the most of the grads I have met from AM, I just I Do not like them, mm. they just rub me the wrong way, but maybe they maybe maybe else you guys rub them the wrong way too. I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> say I'm perfect or without a fault, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's all about perception, right? Like, yeah, you never, I think, um, well, it's also when a team becomes good. See, like, speaking of like pro football, like, I can speak about this. Taking to the pros, uh, I grew up in Erie, which is in between, it's like right in between Buffalo, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, like, mm-hmm. everything's like right around there, so you have like this you have all these fans right yeah but it's always been known as sort of like a Pittsburgh fan town and I'm like well yeah I was like because Pittsburgh has been the only team that's been any good for a long time Mm -hmm. so you just see their fans more often and you know Brown's fans and Bill's fans would always talk about how arrogant Pittsburgh fans are now here I'm on the outside I'm not I have no dog in this fight and I was like I was like you fuckers are as arrogant as good but you just don't have anything to say like and then now all of a sudden mm. the browns have like started to become good and i was like as soon as they win a few games man they are unbearable yeah and it's funny because they talk like when you stink like you can't say anything so no one pays attention but then all of a sudden you get good and you kind of get a
1: little momentum and you're you...
0: confidence and yeah 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 so yeah but fortunately like i think miami fans at this point Probably don't get too bad of a rap anymore because we haven't had anything to say for a very long time. Yeah, like we don't, you know what, I'm saying? <laughs> what people don't people don't even talk trash to me anymore about being in Miami, and that's when you know you haven't been good for a long time. <laughs> You're like, oh, what's okay, what is the cool.
1: perception of Larry Coker in the uh, annals of Miami head coaches?
0: That the downfall basically started with him.
1: With him, okay, because he was the coach in 05 when LSU played them after in the uh, the Peach Bowl.
0: That game is basically like every Miami fans moment where they've never come back from. Yeah. So Larry Coker, they had some of their like on paper, like best recruiting classes. So he, if for people that don't know, like Butch Davis recruited all the players that eventually ended up going to the NFL. They had those crazy teams in 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. Those were all Butch Davis players and he left for the Browns. And then Larry Coker took over. And if you look at uh, those classes, he had, they were ranked very high, but they were absolute disasters. So by the time they hit like 2005, they were still like rated highly, but they mm-hmm. just didn't have, they didn't have the same type of team. And then they've never really, they had one good year when Mark Rick was there, but that's about it. And yeah. They just never, <laughs> if it, but you know, it, fans were pissed off because if you go back then Larry Coker was a really cheap lazy hire right mm-hmm. they they could have had probably uh, the pick of the litter for coaches because they were so strong at the time and they basically promoted their offensive coordinator right. um so it was very cheap it's it's a very uh hot button topic if you talk to Miami fans like okay. that little stretch of time when they when they brought him on Cause there was a few like big name coaches I know that wanted the job and then um, his recruiting classes really started the downfall and they've never really tried to do much else. Uh, So yeah, Larry Cooker is kind of like, it's not his fault. You know, obviously it's not the coach's fault. It's more the administration. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh,
1: Did you imbibe in any new bourbons this weekend during the college football extravaganza? Or um, any other you, any other weekend outings you may have had in addition to watching college football?
0: I did not. Um, nothing new, but I got that shipment of Eagle Rare and Buffalo Trace I showed you. Yeah. Um, so we had both of those. we were drinking both of those because I it was like I was telling. I realized <laughs> I had some Buffalo Trace. I think we started with Buffalo Trace during Miami Appalachian State game. Mm-hmm. I realized didn't even have any bourbon during the alabama game because it was over i knew after miami's first drive yeah the game was over and i didn't even pour in because i was like <laughs> well like so this was the first uh, game that i actually and i needed it it was that miami game appalachian state game appalachian state 100 percent could have beat them they yeah. missed some big opportunities it was appalachian state's always a good team right there, a good mm-hmm. coach team and yeah. kind of knew they would create some problems for us but it shouldn't have been that close mm-hmm. it was bad so yeah and then they play michigan state this week at noon uh so that's gonna be a tough yeah. Uh, i mean home or away it's in miami which that might be tough so if if you've ever been so there's some interesting things that go on here with this miami michigan state game is it's at noon and where michigan state's benches will be in the sun the whole entire time and this can be hot as hell yeah. for that game so i don't know if that's a conscious decision but um, probably there'll be some home, <laughs> yeah there'll be some there'll be some home field advantage there for sure yeah um miami's run defense is pretty bad and michigan state's run offense looks pretty good so Mm-hmm. They should beat Michigan State, but I just don't know, man. I just don't know what kind of team. I just have changed my expectations with them, watching them completely. I just, I just can't get too wrapped up in it. That makes sense. I don't know what uh, what is LSU doing this week. We play.
1: Is it Mississippi State or is it another little sister of the poor? Um, Let me see. Uh, Central Michigan. 6:30, that we should sleepwalk through that game and still win. Yeah. And then next week is Mississippi State at Mississippi State, 11 a.m. kickoff. So the cowbells will be out in full force.
0: Were you able to watch? Do you say the LSU game this week, or was it just not not on any kind of TV?
1: It was on uh, like the SEC Plus network, but we were out at that. We were out at Dreamland mm-hmm. with the with those other parents, and so. To kind of circle back, we were watching the the Arkansas UT game. I was loving Arkansas mopping the floor. Also, one of Sandy's students that she kind of mentored the just started her freshman year there as well, and she was at the game. Um, but they switch it, I think, in the third quarter, and then they put on the Austin FC soccer game. And I, I don't give two shits about soccer. Even like when the World Cup is on, I can watch it for like one match and then I check out of yeah. it just because I I don't care about soccer. But the two people we were with. Like they, they also understand that American soccer is dog shit compared to like soccer that's played in, in Europe and South America. But them Dang. being from Italy and Argentina, they were glued. And uh, I think oh. one of the quickest goals I had ever seen, it was uh, like in 45 seconds into the match, the team, whoever, whatever team Austin was playing, lost. And I mean, Austin is a dog shit uh, soccer team. And so mm. they, 45 seconds into the match, they, uh, the other team had already scored on them.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I did, to turn off football for soccer is very anti-American.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, don't know. It, it hurt a little bit, but I mean, but, well, but then I'd already had a couple of glasses of bourbon, and I was I was all right.
0: Well, the reason why I ask is like sometimes you know you watch a game and you see a score, and it's like yeah. Sometimes in college, it's very, you know, it's not very indicative of the type of game it was. So it's like okay, right. if thirty-four to seven, that could mean a lot of things. It could have been yeah LSU could. have perhaps beat him by a hundred, but some weird stuff might happen. So I don't know like how impressive. Cause obviously we still I mean, we're, we're nowhere near on. 2019.
1: We're, we're nowhere near where we're in 2019. I don't think we ever will be, but uh, yeah, I mean, cool. it's, it, it, the, the offense is still a work in progress. Like the, the quarterback's still getting used to everything. And yeah.
0: Yeah. It's tough. It's tough when you have, because right. Miami fans still want to talk about 2001, 2002. It's like, well, dude, this, yeah, it's going to be hard. Like 2000, it took, it took until probably 2019 for them for another team really to even come around that could, you could even compare to like that Miami team like yeah. so that's and that's of all teams so how what are the odds that another one from your same program is gonna uh, show up you know in the same yeah s- exactly it's unless so, you're
1: Alabama that is yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's
0: every year It's Christmas yeah there, <laughs> there's some kind of like other worldly beast for sure. But we'll see. So yeah, Miami plays Michigan State this week, and then they have a cakewalk game after that, and then it starts ACC play. Mm-hmm. So Michigan State, I think, will this will probably be the game that will show the most of what kind of team Miami is, probably, yeah. just because it's all, usually Miami has bad matchups with, like, Big Ten-style teams, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that, are, like, um we haven't done well against them recently wisconsin constantly beats us like in bowl games and stuff like that and, yeah
1: um wisconsin's usually got a solid program though i mean they've been good for oh, at yeah. least the last 15 20 years
0: yep yep yeah it's just kind of one of those weird matchups so we'll see we'll see how it goes like i said it's a noon game so I'll just wake up and start it's drinking and hopefully it's uh hopefully it goes well yeah nothing new I like I said it was I got that um people that look for bourbon online right you just get totally screwed over like by prices normally but there was called Western bourbon and when I went on there it was the same kind of thing like Blanton's was like 200 and some dollars and you know the Wellers are like all like way overpriced but then I saw the Eagle Rare and um, Buffalo Trace was like 75 80 bucks for both of them and then uh, getting like free shipping so the price on that wasn't too bad and uh so i have three bottles of each
1: i'm wondering if i should try some weller like it's it's always in stock here by us but it's just it's the like the in the hierarchy of wellers it's like the the normal offering so
0: the, in the green bottle the sr
1: yeah the special reserve yeah that oh, 90
0: Dude, that stuff is so good. Like, is it really? You, I'm, yes. I'm gonna have to try it. I mean,
1: I see handles of it. Like they have the the regular, and then they have a handle of it, and it's it's free right me. I always see it at the store.
0: Hey, well, you gotta you gotta ship some to to your boy. Yeah. Really. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize you liked regular Weller that much. Regular Weller is phenomenal. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, in the green, okay. in the green bottle, the, the SR. It's yeah. Because if you go on here, if you try to find it online, you know, it's like ninety, a hundred bucks. Oh, no, it's not. It's nothing like that. It's
1: normal no. price. Let me pull yeah, it up yeah, on the total line by me real quick. I
0: mean, I mean it, it was there two weeks
1: ago when I was in there. Let me see.
0: Let me know what do you need to get it to me because I need some.
1: Okay, they're not listing it on the site. Though, the site, they, they kind of screw you over on the site. They don't list everything that they actually have in stock yeah. on the website, which I guess that's smart on them.
0: Oh, Go get, go get some for yourself right now. Okay.
1: All right. Well, no. All right. I'll just, I'll cut the podcast right now and I'll go by because they just opened 30 <laughs> minutes ago.
0: It's worth oh. it. It's, it's honestly, man, especially when you can get it for retail price. Yeah. It's, it's without a doubt one of my top couple of bourbons. Even the, the regular version, all their stuff is, is really, really good.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to have to go try it now. Now I feel like a bad friend. I haven't tried it, <laughs> I haven't tried it and I haven't sent you any.
0: You, um, it is so impossible to find here.
1: What's going on, Jojo? How is it today? How's prep going? You're you're inching closer to your onstage presence. Um, I did pick up... So, I've tried Chattanooga Whiskey, which they are a newer uh, distillery in, obviously, Tennessee. Um, Mm -hmm. The funny thing was, I was telling Sandy about this a couple weeks ago. They actually started their company before it was actually illegal to distill in their area of Tennessee. So, like, they started the LLC, started doing, like, pre-orders for bottles and, like, put up... Uh, infographics on social media and all of this stuff saying, hey, who'd be interested in buying Kentucky bourbon? And like, apparently they got flooded with stuff and then they realized, maybe we actually need to start producing some of our own distillate and all this stuff. So they finally built the distillery. They had to go and like change the actual local legislation to even allow them to build the distillery in the first place. Mm. Um, and so they've had a couple of releases in the last year or so of their own product. They have a 91 proof and then they have a 111 proof. And the 111 proof is only two to three years old. But man, it is Mm -hmm. so good. And they just released their Bottled and Bond, uh, which obviously it's going to be 100 proof. And it aged at least four years. And since our newer distillery, I'm pretty sure it's four, maybe five-year-old stuff that's in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a bottle of that. But uh, like the 111, it's cheaper. It's higher proof and cheaper than the Bottled and Bond. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I found a bottle of the Bottled and Bond because it only came out maybe a month ago. Uh, so I've got that. I just haven't opened it yet. And then Walcott or Wolcott. Um, I've been looking for the uh-huh. 1792 bottled and bond because I have the single barrel and the full proof. Uh-huh. Um, and both of those are fantastic. And so uh-huh. I was looking for their bottled and bond, but nobody can seem to find it. But apparently the Barton distiller that does 1792 also does Wolcott. And so the your boy at Specs or Total Wine said, Here, go try this. And now obviously it's $10 more expensive than 1792 bottled and bond would be. But it's. I'm just, I tried for the first time last night, and it was, it
0: was solid. I'm just laughing because you're talking about bottled and bond. I'm pretty sure. So the comment about Weller that we got, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he just got some bottled and bond from another friend of ours that can somehow find bottled and bond pretty easily, which is really fucking annoying. Seventeen
1: ninety two bottled and bond.
0: Yeah, I, I want to say that. I, I ha- I have to confirm. I can't remember exactly if that's what he got. And, uh, but I think he just got like two bottles of it. There you go. Yeah,
1: well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's this interesting. Like, so if I'm looking for some other bourbons, I'll I'll go talk to the the guys that work at Total Wine Specs and some of the other local liquor stores here. Just sc- different things to try. But I also check out a bunch of other different uh, bourbon review channels uh, on YouTube. So like, the Bourbon Judge is really good. Master and Drum is really good. Um mm. What's one of the other ones? It's Bourbonite. Those are three of the ones that I really like or I watch frequently. Some of them, it's kind of like supplement review channels or other podcasts. Like certain yeah. personalities, even though they may be popular, you don't really just like the way they do stuff. And other ones you mm-hmm. just nat- naturally gravitate more towards.
0: Sure.
1: Um, and so they said, oh, yeah, we could find 1792 bottom and Bond. It's, it's always available on the shelf for us here. And they say, well, we can't find his Weller. And they said, but people in Texas, they always seem to have a pretty good supply of Weller, which is true. Um, yeah. And uh I can't, 1792 I, I, is, is not as ubiquitous. Like the regular small batch is is always here. You can find a 1792, but like the single barrel and the barrel proof and all that stuff, that's few and far between, at least from what I've been able to see here.
0: Yeah, there's some there's one store here that uh they have some pretty unique wellers. I think there's like 12-year, there's the full proof, and then there's the what is it, the white label one? It's like a abbreviation for created by you.
1: Oh yeah, P- is it
0: pick your perfect barrel? Is that it? Or choose your perfect barrel? The CYPB? create your perfect barrel. Yeah. it was, like that one. So they have them here, but they're like, you know, 400, 500, 600 and it's like, wow. Yep. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Cuz retail on them is like a tenth of that price. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's see if we can go through all of the uh But I mean, it's 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 Buffalo Trace. So like all, like all Buffalo Trace things, it's gonna be uh, yeah, little
0: antique. Yeah. Yeah, CYPB. That's how it is. Well, full proof. What is that? How what is?
1: 114 yeah. proof. That sounds good to me. Yeah, know. and the 12 year is really expensive too. Choose. Yeah, this was the choose your perfect barrel. Create your perfect barrel.
0: Yeah. So hit the special reserve. That's the one you you get pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I see this one fairly frequently.
0: Son of a bitch. <laughs> Mark, yes. Whatever whatever you need, make let's make this happen.
1: Okay, we can do that. Next time I'm at the store, I will... Uh,
0: All these conversations sure. that you and I have had, and this is the first time I'm finding out that you got Weller, like Special Reserve.
1: Yeah, well, I've heard good things about Weller, but I also wonder at the same time, like, look... You, you know, you and I both have an affinity for weeded bourbons, particularly, you know, larceny. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. but, and, I, and I've heard that Weller is really good. I've also heard that it's really expensive to find, mm-hmm. or it's really hard to find, and it's expensive. So when I saw the Special Reserve, I'm thinking, I mean, is this going to actually be good, or are like only the higher-end stuff actually yeah. good?
0: No, I get that. I get that, for sure. Um, no, this is the very good stuff. Okay. Very good stuff. I think I'm getting a McKenna tenure here. Uh, are you? yeah a friend of ours um one nate just did a exchange with he gets like he, he gets him a kind of like so easily yeah he's like how many you want i was like dude just yeah you know is like and i was telling nate this the other day i was like yeah i have one of those friends i was like dude like, i love you but i kind of hate you at the same time <laughs> he's
1: just got a good stock of everything yeah Ohio's lottery last this week has CY. See, how do you get on these lottery systems? That's what I need to see. Yeah. If they have them for Texas, I need to figure out how to do them.
0: Yeah, I'm just not. I, I, I'm just not up on this stuff.
1: Hey man, you, go for it. If if you can get a, a CYPB or a single barrel of uh, Weller Elmer Teeth, any anything of Buffalo Trace that's not standard Buffalo Trace. I mean, standard Buffalo Trace, like the regular. Like shelf model of Buffalo Trace is really good stuff. It's classic. Oh, for personal. sure. But if you can get any of these other like fun little things, you know.
0: Yeah, because well, like even like Buffalo Trace, you know, you can find it online for twenty bucks a bottle, twenty five bucks a bottle, basically anywhere. Yeah. And um, but you, I've only seen it in a store once in my entire life, and that was in Delaware. I saw one model one time. I you regular Buffalo Trace? Like, yeah, regular Buffalo Trace. Like. Huh. I was in Delaware and then Virginia and then down here. Dude, you just can't – you just don't see it. You never see it. Like if you ask and, and if you're like friends with the people, like you can – obviously, maybe they'll like help you out. But it's like I never see it just sitting on a shelf ever. Yeah,
1: I'll see it. It's I used to find it much more frequently. So maybe like two years ago. I'm going to exclude all of 2020 because that's – everything just kind of got screwed up. Supply chain issue and all of that stuff. So – but like 2018,
0: 2019, really like I, would,
1: the yeah, I, would, I would see it on the, the shelf fairly commonly, and now it's very hit or miss as well, like even this year, finding Buffalo Trace, but I think that's because there's been a huge explosion in just bourbon popularity and notoriety, and people know that anything from Buffalo Trace is, is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but so when I see it, I've got one handle of Buffalo Trace that is two-thirds empty, and then I have another full one just because I saw it on the shelf, and I thought, uh, it might be three months before I see this again. So just in case, yoink. Now I, it's n- it's nowhere near like the daily zipper. That's not the one I reach for each day. Like I'll mm-hmm. I'll typically go for like a wild turkey one hundred one or an early times bottled in bond, um, oh. which I I really like. But I'm curious to see what's going to happen with early times because their label just got sold. So Sazerac picked it up, and Sazerac is the parent company of oh, Buffalo Trace. Yeah, Buffalo Trace, and I think Barton as well. Yeah. Huh. Um, so I'm curious to see if they're going to, if the, if I'm hoping it doesn't go allocated like a lot of the uh, Buffalo Trace products do, I'm hoping they, you can still find it. Like you can get a liter of that stuff for 20 bucks. It's really good. It's that's super caramelly, hard. rich, smooth as, as overused as that term gets in the bourbon world. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. just really, really easy sipping whether it's on ice in an old fashioned or just, you know, straight or neat. So yeah,
0: that's what I like about, like I said, the, that's, one good thing about larceny that like i we just always that's usually what i go for like i said it's 40 bucks for a giant bottle of it i can get it whenever i want and that, yep. that really does yeah
1: I, well, I, and I, it's I, higher proof than weller too like it's two uh, it's two proof points higher than weller so that and I, I don't want to be a proof snob but i tend to go for like you know anything north of 90 i'm not messing around with 80 80 proof stuff
0: right which was what surprised me about it. remember I got that Yamato one with like mm-hmm. the Shogun style that's only 80 proof and I know like we were all kind of I bought it because the bottle was so cool which is kind of stupid to spend that much money because you yeah. think the bottle's was cool but whatever and it actually ended up being really really good and yeah. it wasn't me trying to justify in my head that it that it's good yeah. because I spent that much money on it because like everybody that drank it that night like you know, they were really, like, Well, this is actually really good. So I was surprised. Uh, some of that uh, Japanese whiskey is pretty good, even at lower proof. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try it out and see. like
1: I, there's still a few things that I want to add to my collection. Like I need to do obviously the weather now that I've got your stamp of approval and encouragement in- encouragement.
0: Very, to get it. <laughs> uh, like it is if yeah. you honestly if you can get that yeah. all the time, it I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's your like favorite turbine.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I got. To, I have to try it now. Then. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that. I'll get that. I want to get some wild turkey rare breed, the Russell's Reserve Single Barrel. So I have the Russell's Ten, mm-hmm. um, which is only a ninety proof. That was good. Reserve I like single that. Single Barrel is. I think it's barrel proof, or if it's not, it's. I mean, it's. It's still north of hundred.
0: Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. We were just talking about this the other day.
1: Yeah. Um, so like the regular Russell's Ten is a red and white label. The Russell's Single Barrel is red and black. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get one of that. Um, I gotta find a Knob Creek 12 year. I've heard such good things, and I, I like regular Knob Creek. Just it's it's 100 proof. It's nine years old. It's always available. Uh, I can't find like the handles of it as frequently as I used to, just because of glass shortages. I'm assuming, or just mm. they're not pumping out as much. Uh, I've feel- heard different things from the different suppliers at the different liquor stores.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've seen the 12 year here a lot. Um, because I had a bottle of it that was, um, guys at Compound send me that, send me a bottle of that. So then, That's nice. I re- yeah, no, I know. Well, they're like, instead of sending you supplements, we'll send you a bottle yeah, Man, I'm going to that these days. I'm like, I don't need more supplements. Yeah, I'm um, like, I need more supplements. But I feel like I see it here pretty easily. I just haven't picked it up again. That's good stuff. Yeah. You crush that bottle
1: and cortava rare breed is absolutely amazing. yes it is i've had it a couple of times at a few restaurants uh, just to get a pour of it mm-hmm. um joe's the first time i tried because i heard great things about it I took sandy out for her birthday the bar we went to or the restaurant the bar at the restaurant we went to had it and i said hey let me get rare breed and I said i don't know if we have that i looked up at the bar I said see that bottle right up there that, that that's it right there so it's always funny like when you go to somebody's restaurant and you say you request something that is on their menu, but they don't remember that it's on their menu or they don't they don't mm-hmm. see it or something. I said, Yeah, it's it's that one right there. And they said,
0: The the what?
1: And I said, Top right corner right over there and everything. Anyway.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a, yeah. right, like I, I told you, there's that bar here, uh, it's an Irish bar. Their selection is is unbelievable. Like it's yeah, it's crazy. So if you make it to the Christmas party, we'll uh be hitting that place up pretty hard. We did we hit, we we always we created
1: some damage things. last year. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah that was is the place the, same where we... as
1: the blantons one is it the same yeah. as the
0: blanton's Bender? yeah so okay. we yeah we killed two bottles of blantons the last time we were there and i was like you know that was really stupid <laughs> <laughs> that was really stupid like it was like four hundred dollars i was gonna
1: say well i let almost wonder what's cheaper just asking the bar if you could just buy the bottle there or like going on the secondary market to buy blantons i, I wonder if it's almost just cheaper just to buy the whole thing
0: at the restaurant right there we probably should have asked. We, I, I just don't think we realized it was going to be that aggressive. But we should have walked in and said, can we just buy a bottle of Blanton's and keep it at the table because we will drink it.
1: Yeah. Uh, anybody else listening, you got comments, questions, or uh, favorite bourbons or a bourbon that you regret trying, uh, let us know and uh, we'll discuss it. Um, are there any bourbons you've tried that you just absolutely despised
0: and you thought they just weren't good? Um, I won't say like necessarily despised, but there's a couple. Angel's Envy is one of the first ones that comes to mind that I just I drank it and I was like I don't see the what everyone's so excited about. I did not really care for it that much. Like people were like hyping it up, talking about, and then I tried it and I'm like, I just didn't I didn't get it. Yeah, you know? like it yeah. just wasn't that good to me
1: i've had it a couple of times and like you i'm just i haven't been overwhelmed by it basil hayden
0: i'm just eh. basil is another one i did I ever tell you that story i i said um so i someone asked me about basil hayden on my instagram uh question the one day i think i did tell you the story and i was like you know what i was like, i think it's overrated i was like i've never really like cared for it and yeah we were in a liquor store in charlotte at the time i remember this distinctly because then i got a facetime call from the guys from ax and sledge which is we talk a lot but they don't really just like facetime me so i answer the FaceTime, and they were in their office and they're they got all this basil hayden's around and they were pissed they're like how dare you talk bad about basil Hayden? and i was like man and that because i remember i you had to wear your mask in there and mm-hmm. So the lady started yelling at me because I didn't have my mask on, and then I was on the phone, and she was like freaking out because I was talking to them, and I was like, and "So it's this whole big scene, and the guys from *Max and Sled were on the fight. It was fucking hilarious." Getting so, yelled
1: at from every direction possible.
0: That's why I, anytime someone brings up Basil Hayden, I always remember that that scene because I was like, "I was like, lady, will you just calm the fuck down, <laughs> you know?" And like they're yeah. they're like laughing in the background, like about me getting yelled at and bitching at me about Basil Hayden. So. Good grief. That's the only good thing good Basil Hayden's has ever done for me is it provided a decent story.
1: There you go. Um, I know a while back I said I didn't like uh, the Dickel Bottled and Bond, uh, but going back to it every now and then, it's it's been good. So it's, they've got, I, I can find two versions on the shelf. Like they have a 13-year-old Bottled and Bond um, mm-hmm. from a couple seasons ago, and then they have the 11-year-old Bottled and Bond, which is the one, the one that they released this year. Um, and I have I a bottle of the 11 here.
0: Like people always bring that one up, and I just don't—I don't think I've ever had it. But like, what I usually do yeah. is, I defer to one friend of mine. When when people ask like what you tried, I ask him because for a yeah. long time he would basically like have me try it and say, I don't remember what I tried. Yeah. So he'll be like, "Yeah, you tried it." And if it's not memorable, then that's usually what I tell people. I'm like, if I don't remember right. trying it," and I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't that good. I mean, it's it's a good value. It's an 11 year old
1: bourbon that's bottled and bond, so it's you know single distillation from a single season. Um, it's H 11 years. You can get it for 33 bucks here. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's a really good value. Um, the 13 year bottled and bond, I think, is 45. What I saw at the store the other week, And So I'm surprised they still have a few bottles of that. I mean, you look at a 13 year old bourbon from any other place, and it's going to be yeah. you know probably north of 70, 80 dollars, and in short supply. Um, I but, know. I mean, it's it's good. I, I like it. It's not the one that I reach for all the time, but it's still good.
0: I want to know what you're paying for Weller.
1: I'll, I'll go look at the store. If I don't go today, then I'll go tomorrow. i got to bring – Sandy's uh, studying you know, in the other room right now. She's taking a half day off school to, to study for her grad school class. I'm going to bring her uh, at 2. So maybe I'll just stay out. Like, I'll go drop her off at school, and I'll just drive around and then go pick up the halfling – Earlier from school than normal, I'll just go walk around a couple of liquor stores and see if I can find Weller.
0: Yeah, please go today because my uh, – I don't want to be too selfish, but just go today, please.
1: <laughs> all right. Gerard, inflating viewership as I drive. Well, be be safe while you're driving. Make sure you're not textualizing not, and driving. You
0: know, that's not all you're inflating, buddy.
1: Yeah. Cortava. Which 13 year is that? Is the George Dickel bottled in bond? Let me see here. I'll pull it up.
0: Nate's got a nice collection.
1: All right, here we go. All right, All right. share screen. Dude, I don't think YouTube likes these early morning podcasts because the first ten minutes, Justin, that we were on, there were no viewers that turned in, and like as soon as we hit like the ten or fifteen minute mark, it spiked. And, uh viewership.
0: Wait, say that again? What was the very first part?
1: Uh, like the viewership, YouTube was slow to let people know that we were on here uh. because like the first 10 or 15 minutes we were talking, there was nobody. There was one viewer from Twitch streaming in, and then all of a sudden it, it jumped up to like 10 or 15 people all entered at once. So I don't know what in the hell happened there. Gotcha. Um, Alright, so this is, Nate, this is the one we were talking about. George Dickel bottled and bond. Uh, this is the one that says aged eleven years, but there's one in stores that I can still find that says aged thirteen years on the side, um, and that's the fall two thousand. The distilling season is fall two thousand seven, and so this is the two thousand eight season. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Here we go. This is the thirteen year old one.
0: George yeah, Dickel bottled think- and bond. Someone else I know just was showed me a picture of that one that they were drinking it, but I was like, and like other people commented that it was really good, but I had never, I've never tried that one. Yeah,
1: yeah, man, it's it's good, and it goes through the Lincoln County process, like all uh, Tennessee whiskeys do, which is basically everything that bourbon does, and then it goes through the the charcoal filtering process, which is supposed to help kind of smooth that out even more, make it even more refined. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Tennessee whiskey people say it's bourbon plus. Kind of thing. Interesting. What is in a Tennessee old fashioned? Is it the only fact that they use dickel instead of bourbon? Yeah. Appears to be. Yeah. Point two five ounces. Nobody, nobody measures out bitters that way. It's how many dashes do you do? Come on.
0: Yeah. Point two
1: five ounces. Yep. Uh, garnish with orange slice, lemon twist, and chur- oh, that's something different too. The lemon twist. Mm. I guess that makes mm-hmm. it different. I don't. know. Mm-hmm. I've tried an old fashioned with lemon before. I don't like the uh, the flavor that the lemon imparts compared to an orange, like a the peel of an orange.
0: Yeah, I I think I've only ever had old fashions with orange.
1: Yeah. Never. Yeah, and this is their latest offering, the Dickel Bourbon. So they actually have a, a bourbon. And they're not going to call it Tennessee whiskey anymore, or just no. it's just this releases. Mm-hmm. Um, be curious. I mean, it's eight-year-old bourbon, 90 proof. I I'm, Let's get the proof up a little bit more. Get yeah. kind of like a 95 or a 100. You are a proof snob. I am. I am. What can I say? I mean, the 90, 90 is good. I just I, – I i tend to find myself yeah. reaching for the 100, bourbons, 100 proof bourbons more often than not.
0: Yeah, I think most of the stuff I like is at least about 94, 95. Yeah. And then up. Yep. Once you start going beyond like 110, then Stinkers. I'm kind of like back to like let's just. <laughs> this yeah. good sometimes. Uh, sometimes yeah. it's like this is too much.
1: Yeah. Nate, oh yeah, Dickel. I've seen that puppy around for a split second. I thought you meant Russell's Thirteen. No, I do want to try Russell's Thirteen, but that was a very limited release, and I think pretty sure it got all snatched up before I even got a chance to to hunt for it in the stores around here.
0: God damn it. Now i got to go to the liquor stores today just to look around. I didn't plan on doing that, but... Yeah, if you can find
1: Russell's Reserve 13, man, go for it.
0: So Nick. What's up, Nick? Right? Nick. Nick.
1: Justin, you didn't like that 131 (laughs) proof watershed pick we had?
0: Okay. There's more to this story than just liking that or not.
1: Watershed 131.
0: (laughs) It was... So we drank it at about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning after we had been drinking bourbon for about 10 hours, you know, roughly. So probably not the best time to try to judge it. It's called Watershed Bourbon? And isn't there – I feel like there was another one that was like One Proof Higher or something like that. I think there was two of them. I'm looking for it. It's local, right? Local to Columbus.
1: I see a ninety-proof watershed distillery.
0: About sixteen pours deep. Yeah, yeah, sixteen. Yeah, about sixteen pours, and then we decided to go with the one thirty-one stuff. That's why not? That was brilliant.
1: I mean, I figure you, your taste buds are already burned off at that point anyway. Why not go uh, for well, it? Well,
0: I, I still noticed that was the thing that showed me because I was like, you know, we're just going along drinking all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff all night long, and I still drank it then and was like yeah 136 proof and i still noticed that's why i was like wow this must be something fierce because i even noticed this after the entire night
1: what's the nate what's the age on these uh are they two year four year six year like at some point it's just moonshine isn't it like probably 136 proof i'm trying to think the highest proof bourbon i've tried is it was probably that Booker's that I showed you on Fourth of July. It's one hundred and twenty-five proof.
0: Mm, yeah, that's pretty stout.
1: That or the uh, seventeen ninety-two full proof I have, which is one hundred and twenty-three proof.
0: Yeah, I think up until up until these one, the Watershed one, and you know, I think the seventeen ninety-two full proof is the strongest one I had, had. Yeah. Although the have you tried Old Forster nineteen twenty
1: Prohibition style yet? I don't think so.
0: I've tried a lot of old forest foresters, and I, but yeah. like n- not like consistent enough that I remember like which ones. Yeah, that's one fifteen proof.
1: That's really good. That's a that's a pretty good uh, deal for a bourbon. I think it's fifty-ish around me, fifty-five maybe. That's oh. not bad. But it's always on the shelf. I never had a problem finding that one. Usually around four year watershed is an up and comer distillery that like to do a lot of different finishes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, one was
0: 131 and one was 136. Because I think what? he did the 131 and I was like, you know what, I'm good on the 136. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, there's um, I, I You know what, we're going back to the conversation
1: I like d- d- bourbons you really don't like. I'm finding that I really don't like a lot of the stuff from Willett.
0: It. Yeah. It's, I, well because I well, and one thing I remember is being confused like when I first started trying bourbon mm-hmm. being confused about Weller and Willet right getting them like yeah. confused because I was like, wait a minute, I thought this was Weller and I didn't really like it but yeah. I knew I like Weller and then I made the distinction this was actually Willet and I, right because willet comes in like they're really like cool bottles sometimes and yeah. stuff like that and I remember like having it and I just wasn't really all that thrilled with it
1: like, yeah, I don't know if it's like the like... actual pot still user because like I've tried Willet's regular stuff. MB Roland is another brand that uses the Willet distillate in it, mm-hmm. and there's uh, there's one other one that uh, somebody talked me into getting into. Or just the, the guy at the store said, "Hey, just try this." Um, and I mean, it wasn't bad. It was you know thirty or forty bucks, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: and I tried it. I just there's something I don't find pleasurable about whatever the the Willet processes the way they do stuff i just i haven't liked a lot of their things yeah noah's really- mill is all right that's a single barrel from them yeah um, i
0: know and that's kind of
1: really rich in caramelly it's 117 proof or 113 something like that and that was really kind of caramelly and spicy and all that but the regular willet that comes in a little pot
0: still mm-hmm. yeah i wasn't
1: Not super nuts. nuts about it
0: and that's why the way i felt i think we were talking about angel's envy the first time i had angel's envy i tried it and i was like now nah, i'm good yeah. I'm good on that. Good.
1: Pure Kentucky. That's it. I was am pull, pulling up the list of all of the uh, stuff that It does. Yeah. Share screen.
0: It's also much like the supplement industry where everybody's related to one another.
1: Yep. You'll find that very similar. Like a lot of a few a handful of distilleries do massive amounts of different labels under them. So yeah. yeah. Willet Pot Still Reserve. That's the the fun looking bottle i still got this bottle. I'll probably, like, the bourbon was eh, but, I mean, the, cool the bottle, bottle is cool as shit, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool bottle.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I'll keep the bottle even. Like, do you keep old bottles, Justin, or do you just get rid of them afterwards?
0: I, uh, there's some empty Blanton's bottles behind me that I just yeah can't, well, what's cool, too, is, like, a couple of the Blanton's bottles I have here. Mm-hmm. So, the, when we were at Axe and Sledge hanging out with those guys, <clears throat> we we killed a couple bottles of Blanton's and one of them was bottled on her 30th birthday that's cool so we kept that one obviously and then there was another one that we had back there that's like there's another significant date that was on there I can't remember exactly like which one it was it was something like in September of last year that was significant Mm -hmm. so we kept those but I really it's like it's almost like uh you know how you can't throw away iphone cases or yeah. like my airpods case like something about like the apple packaging i don't know why we can't get rid of them we don't need them yeah. but it's like i'm like the same way with blanton's bottles like i just i don't like to throw it away because we have the bottle of the blanton's gold i have that back there too i'm not throwing that
1: away oh no i wouldn't either no, no. Uh, i mean like something like this like i have a bottle this was the other one i was trying to remember from will it I mean, this is a pretty standard bottle it's nothing yeah. I, i'm gonna get rid of it whenever we all finish it if i ever do or i'll just give it to somebody mm-hmm. i'm the bourbon fan that's
0: like one thing i will say like the angels envy i like that the bottle's cool it's kind of neat to shape but the actual bourbon itself I, like I said it wasn't like i didn't like it but i just was like yeah
1: yeah can you just take me to the damn bottle
0: it's got kind of a cool like
1: yeah <clears throat> yeah i like the look of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: cask strength there we go that's what i'm talking about give me the give me the full dose don't give me any water down yeah that's
0: the one day. i tried actually with cask but yeah, you never know. Well, and then sometimes too, like we've talked about this before, you can try one once and not like it. And then you try it again, like down the road and it's like, tastes. Yeah, it just depends. Or something yeah, like what, what
1: you've had earlier that day or what, mm-hmm. like what else you've eaten or what kind of mood you're in and stuff like, there's a bunch of things that you might hate something one week and then you might love it the next week. I mean, that's, that's understandable. That makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like when you get into that whole like bourbon tasting, like parties and stuff like that. Yeah, you drink like 30 different kinds of it. And it's is like that can really kind of mess up your perception. And yep. um, yeah, yeah. Because there's even sometimes like where I'll take like a first sip of Blanton's and it doesn't taste right, mm-hmm. but then you take like the second, third sip. You're like, OK, there it is. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, it either opens up or your palate kind of gets refreshed and ready to uh, to go at it or something like that. But yeah, there's been days where I'll you, you try to go back to like your old faithful. Same thing with pre-workouts. Like, you go back and you try the pre-workout, and then you it's, it's not hitting the same or something. Oh, yeah. It's weird. And so I, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, there's just the, – the human palate is very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking
1: of, of pre-workouts, uh, I've got this. This just popped onto my uh, doorstep over the oh. weekend, the new one, the new uh, Hypermax. So I tried it on Monday. Today's my second go-around with it. Um, the flavoring is much improved. Yeah, but flavors. like,
0: what what flavors you get?
1: I got the this is the Hawaiian papaya pineapple.
0: Oh yeah, that one's pretty unique.
1: And the other one I got was the uh, kiwi cooler one.
0: Oh, did you get the big promo box?
1: I'm not that important. I got I got a I got a shitty little <sighs> cardboard box with two tubs in it. <laughs> I'm, sorry,
0: man. I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, no. I, I mean, I fully let. Well, when 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 Aaron ever calls me or texts me, I'm gonna say. I understand why I am on the pecking order of uh, supplement industry influencers. I, I get the him, products three months after everybody else in a shitty cardboard box, not the fancy, fancy packaging or all the flavors either. I just, you know, I just I get two tubs. Other people get four in a fancy packaging.
0: Cool. I just don't I'm like, so I'm um, probably gonna bring this up to Robert this week, and he's like, please don't, I'm like, <laughs>
1: you yeah. no, it's cool. You, you got you got <laughs> nice packaging. You probably got a handwritten note with hugs and kisses and, and little sweet whispers in your ear of, of sweet nothings and whatnot, and I just get, you know, some recycled cardboard box that's been dropped and kicked and beaten up and held together with duct tape and, you know, Gorilla Glue and everything else.
0: It's, fine. it's already open. It's just what they swept up off the
1: floor from yeah. the manufacturer. And exactly. Like- there, there wasn't actually even a seal on this tub. Like, there was probably, probably spit in this before he sent it to me. It's
0: just written, like, <laughs> written in marker, hypermax. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, um, I really like that pre um the pumps on it are pretty intense
1: do you think how do you think of it from the energy standpoint uh do you think it's about the same is it better is it worse is it consistent
0: i i think because the pumps are so intense i think it takes away from like i would say some older versions of hypermax were more energetic Mm -hmm. i think especially that's one thing about when you have a lot of peas like some of their old ones do also where it's kind of inconsistent but when like hypermax extreme right I think it was called when that one was was really on yeah that was one of the better feeling pre-workouts I've ever used I think the energy here which I I kind of prefer this these days to be honest Mm -hmm. with you like some of these ones where you take a pre-workout and before you even hit the gym you're sort of like anxious and you just you know this that's all cool but I like pre-workouts more these days where I feel it as I'm sort of working out as you kind of get deeper in sets so I think um like if you're like a huge like stim junkie I don't think this one would I don't I don't think people would be like that thrilled with it because it's not Mm -hmm. some people just need smacked across the face with energy right but you notice this one but i think a lot of it like i said i think some of that has to do with it's so pump heavy that you know as we know there's that balance between you know the stimulants and the pumps and if you're if it's too pumpy it'll definitely like you can take if you throw a lot of pump together you can take double impact or something like that <clears throat> and and you can really like you won't feel that you know harsh like energy as much so yeah. I, I think that they um I personally think it's like awesome for like I'm kind of sick, but I could use it every day. You know I mean? like, the
1: the new Hypermax you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, could See, I it. never I just just based off the first experience that I took it on Monday for for shoulders and arms is what I was doing. That one, and I'd used the older Hypermax last week. The oh. thermo component on this one oh, is yeah. much stronger and longer lasting than yeah. the old version. Yeah, you. And I mean, like, yeah, both of them have alpha yohimbine in it. I wonder if it's a different supplier of the alpha yohimbine, or is the cocoa butyrol doing that much? I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. the citrus or antium is doing much of it because I mean, they had they had synephrine in the other one, um, cocoa butyrol mm-hmm. in this one in place of hordenine. I, I, I inclined to of believe I think it feels just more like a more potent uh, alpha yohimbine extract than anything. Yeah
0: yeah it could be i don't know about their manufacturing process or changes or anything like that there i'm guessing too because their flavors got a lot better yeah but yeah i noticed i was sweating a lot um the pumps but i think that kind of plays into it also where you get great pumps if your body temperature you know you're kind of like heated up a little bit you just sort of get good pumps i don't i don't even stack that one to be honest with you i I can just take that by itself which is good i think you know we get access to like so much stuff. It's like stacking is not a big deal for us. But if you think about it from a consumer standpoint, I know the the rush to there's like a, a, a like a balance, right? Because you have yep. uh, the all the loaded pre workout all in one became so popular, but it's very hard to strike that balance of pump and energy because, like I said, they take away they can yeah. take away from each other a little bit. So companies kind of have to decide how you want to play that do you want to separate um like we just got done the one brand will be launching here pretty soon it's very distinctive pump and energy separated Mm -hmm. because of their their clientele is young um it's 30 servings kind of thing where they need to keep costs down and stuff like that so it's very distinctive one versus the other Whereas if you, you know, you put together a premium line, you know, you're paying a couple of dollars a serving. Some people, even though it might end up being the same, people still don't perceive it that way. So it's just kind of one of those decisions that I see people um, kind of going through these days. How do you want to do it? Because then, you know, they were saying there's other products coming that we don't know how that's going to play in if you start stacking it with a pre-workout, right? So yeah. um, we'll see. But I like that one. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the the energy was super solid on just my my anecdotal experience on Monday. I'm, I'm almost finished sipping this right now because I'm about to go do chest and back after we get off of this podcast. Um but yeah, I mean it's the formula is solid. I don't I'm i am i am torn at I'm like and I've I've talked to Aaron about this offline too. Um they put S seven in this new formula of it. But they removed VASO6, they put in S7, but they added the 3D pump breakthrough. So, like, all the pathways are there uh-huh. and everything like that. So, it's not like we're missing out on things. You're still getting the polyphenols and the, the proanthocyanidins and all that good stuff from the amla fruit that's in the 3D pump. Right. Um, I just, I hate to see S7 on the label. That's all. Uh, I mean, I know why, from, like, a marketing standpoint, it's a good thing. The, the, the mechanisms there, it's, it's a shitty study. He would admit that, too. But uh, yeah, I mean, just it's it's a solid one. Do you still consider this a hardcore pre workout, or is this just like a well-rounded? Because uh, this is something I was talking with Robbie and and the the crew on Saturday about. It's like, is Hypermax still a hardcore pre workout, or is it just a high energy, well-rounded all-around performance pre workout?
0: I don't think it's a hardcore pre workout at all. Okay, um, what's
1: I guess then what's let's go back and define what's a hardcore pre workout then. Because I, I, I classify it as anything that's 300 milligrams of caffeine, and you've got some of those fun stimulants in there, like the urea gerensis and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the PEA alkaloids. But that's just – that's kind of my thing. Um, what enough. would you consider it?
0: Fair enough, but, like, it kind of goes into the whole, like, pump thing and all, like, everything else that's going on because mm-hmm. you can make – it's like uh, Hooligan, for example – Hooligan, yeah. to me, it's got a ton of caffeine in it, but it's not like a hardcore pre-workout to me mm-hmm. the way it feels because it feels very it feels very smooth to me. It feels very like – yeah. Um, so like the number – I don't like put a number on it, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I mean, I get your point. It's like what's your criteria for being hardcore? But I think a hardcore pre-workout to me is one of those ones that – like it gives you that feel before you're ever actually at the gym where it amps you up to the point that you don't need to start working out where it's already like you're feeling it and like you have all this kind of like stuff going on where like like double impact is kind of like that um but honestly I don't know like even double impact to me probably not it's it's you know these when you get the DMHAs and you get some of these things where it's like you could feel your CNS yep. being beaten mm-hmm. down um like epitome hardcore from Nutra Innovations mm-hmm. I have that one that's a hardcore pre workout to me there's a lot of yohimbine. there's a lot of DMHA um there's a lot of caffeine it's one of those ones where you get that combination of like caffeine DMHA and yohimbine, and you just feel that shit uh the Epitome Hardcore is like a brick and mortar exclusive. Like they have a regular Epitome. Yeah. And then you have the hardcore version, but that is only brick and mortar. Okay. So I maybe mean,
1: still this is for their like regular pre-workout. I mean this is this is solid.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good one. They basically cause you have the caffeine citrate too, and you feel that. So yeah. I don't think it's like exactly the same, but basically it's this version and then they add DMHA to it oh uh, okay. I can't remember what other changes they have for it, but anyway, you use that shit. It's it 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 lets you know. And then they have another one. It's a. I don't mind so much that they do it this way because the rest of their line is all fully disclosed, fully transparent, stuff like that. But they have yeah. one called they have one called mock Nine. Which it's a proprietary blend, but that yeah. this thing's hardcore things hardcore like when you use it it's it's freaking hardcore right?
1: yeah oh yeah you've got
0: ah, two forms of
1: yohimbine. You, you got the do you say theophylline or the theophylline
0: i say theophylline
1: okay i do too i don't know if the, which which is the proper way but i always say theophylline
0: yeah like this one's not meant to be performance this is meant to just smack no. the shit out of you
1: yeah exactly i mean it's it's got all the things i mean i love mucuna it's got a, probably a good hefty dose of caffeine uh, Theo finally oh just feels phenomenal. It's only even only at like 25 or 50 milligrams, man. You just you're going all day yep. long on that thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And, you know, again, it comes down to. Some companies just. Especially with Johanbein, I think that this is one thing, too, that you were kind of talking about earlier. We're constantly seeing shitty fake uh forms of that ingredient because it's so popular with like not only like fat loss yeah but also using for like ed medication and stuff like that like mm-hmm. it's such a, a sought after ingredient we get this stuff from china and it's so shitty and fake sometimes yeah. and then you use like uh someone asked me on my question sticker what's the optimal dose of alpha yoga and i one of the things i said was there isn't really an optimal dose but you can use like if you use jeff long's Burnaway, for example mm-hmm. uh dynamic nutraceuticals they always have very high quality ingredients you can tell when yeah. you use beta like beta alanine is a good one sometimes like you use it from companies and you just feel it glaxon mm-hmm. is another one like they you can get the same uh Yo-Him-B content like and you look at uh something from because like uh, Core and Inspired uses Dynamic and Jeff Long uses Dynamic. Mm -hmm. You use those and you'll use a similar formula from somewhere else that doesn't feel the same. And a lot of it is, you know, what's the quality coding raws that they're getting? And um, that one just can change so much in such a little amount. Mm -hmm. And I think like exactly what you were talking about earlier, uh, just by tweaking it a little bit, you feel the difference. And uh, I think that they also, Nutra, they do their own manufacturing. They mm-hmm. have their own facility. So they probably have a better, like uh, Nutrabio is another one when they would have the caps.
1: Oh, Jesus. Those Yohimbian caps? Or the yeah. Yohimbian, It's like it's 100 milligrams of yohimbine extract standard. That's like 8% yeah. Yohimbian alcohol or something. Dude, that shit lights you up.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, then you it gives really the same amount sometimes from some of these other places. It doesn't feel the same. Yep. So, yeah. That's one of those ingredients I think is notorious for being like fake and shitty and all that other stuff. So you can tell when you get some like some legit stuff because you're just like, okay, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, man. That's uh, I'm excited. Both, I mean, this is the first
1: time I'm trying the Hawaiian uh papaya pineapple. Is that what it? Yeah, Hawaiian papaya pineapple. But the flavorings are solid. I mean, it's got that glycerol kind of like coating that's feeling true. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's you're gonna have that regardless. Um, I'm curious to see if it does any clumping or not, cause I've heard mixed things regarding 3d pump just in terms of like it, it being very hygroscopic, which is, you know, is it, is it really that shelf stable or not? Um, yeah, I'm which curious. was
0: interesting because I took a little bit of what they sent me. They sent me some samples of it. It was like last summer yeah. and I took a little bit of it and I just kind of set it off to the side and it's just like in a little, like a baggie and it's, it's yeah. not clumped. Like I've heard some people say that it still clumps the same as everything else, but yeah, Um, so we'll see once it's in a tub and a full thing, uh, how it goes, but just the sample that they sent me, it wasn't, it wasn't clumped up at all, even after like six months. So I was like, yeah, maybe that works. Cool. All right, my friend, go, go uh, hit that up and then go hit up some Weller and
1: that is, that is the homework. I'm going to go train, uh, drop Sandy off at school to do work. And then I'm just going to go put around to a couple of bourbon stores and see if I can find you some Weller beautiful find myself some as well. Do you have a preference on handle or 750 if I can find either one
0: as much as possible.
1: Okay, will do that then. But I add a 30% upcharge fee for uh services rendered? I am know that. Because
0: it's like a 300% upcharge if I try to get it myself.
1: So. Cool. All right, my friend. Have a good one. We'll tell uh we'll chat soon and uh do this again next week. Maybe we'll uh have some luck with some Weller. Yeah.
0: All right, bud. we'll All see. Right.